You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, let's get this over with. Welcome back to another episode of the Track of the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon. That's Matt. We're recording uh, right after the Florida game. Like <laughs> the the puck, like the the buzzer just sounded, and we hopped on Zoom, and we're both sitting here just like, "Geez, that was a terrible hockey game." Um, you know, and and actually, there are some things I want to get into. You know, we were just sitting here talking about how I didn't. I don't want to talk about the Canes right now, and that's true. Like that—that that is like the least motivating game I've ever seen in my life. I have nothing good to say about them, and you guys don't want to hear me talk a bunch of shit about them. So, you know, I'm not going to do that. But there are a few frustrating points that I definitely want to get to. But yeah, it, you know, we thought it was going to be fun. Like, oh, we're, and it's kind of nice that we actually record after a game for once. I, you know, have time. I'll get it out tomorrow. So it's like, oh, next day podcast kind of thing. But it would have been nice if they'd given us some like fun source material, at least like a little bit. Yeah, that that game was just boring. The Canes stunk, <laughs> and it just the for the second game in a row, the offense has disappeared, and you just haven't really gotten good efforts from anybody in the lineup. I mean, other than the fourth line tonight, which was Drury, Stepan, and Nason. Nobody came to play, and you know that's one positive takeaway. I was gonna say, right? That. Yeah, Drury did look Ronta, good. Ronta, Ronta is the only other. Uh, Ronta and the penalty kill were the, those three elements of the game were good. Obviously, you let Barkov get the goal late in the game, but I think at that point the Canes were already toast. Like it wasn't gonna matter if it was two nothing or one nothing. The Canes were gonna get shut out. What is that? Nine of the last ten games, and the, it's, didn't. the the penalty kill looked has looked better as of late. I will say that. And Foss just like gave up on that rush. I, I well, there was a lot of that tonight. Like a lot of guys, just like just so many passengers, and that's a qualm I had about the last game against Toronto too. Is passengers, guys, this is a, this watching is the play. This uh, that's exactly what I texted my dad is there's too many passengers on this team right now. And there has been all season long I'm looking at Tavo Teravainen. I'm looking at Seth Jarvis. I'm looking at guys like, I mean, yes, very had a great start to the season, but God, he's been, he's been bad, bad in the past five games. Bad. Yeah. Like the biggest frustration I think I have with Coke is he'll look like a really solid third line center. Some nights, and some nights he'll even look like a solid 2C. But the nights where he's off, he looks like an ECHL player. 
Seriously. And that's bad. Like, just making the most boneheaded decisions, can't hit the fucking net. Like, just, it's bad. Now I, you're also not getting nearly, nearly enough from Dylan Coglin. I think that might have been his worst game as a Hurricane tonight. I, I would also venture to say that Coglin has not had a good game as a Hurricane yet. Uh, I think he's played, what, he's played five or six games, and... I can't think of a single good thing he's done. I'm going to be honest. Like, and that, that may sound harsh, but he, like Corey Lavalette mentioned this last week when he was on the pod, his skating is an issue. He yep. is a piss poor skater. And tonight that combined with just an overall lack of effort and just the some icings. Really bad mental lapses, like the icings that just, God. it was, he had at least four. At least four unforced icings. One of them directly led to the well. And, and uh, you know, I DM'd. I, I sent a DM earlier on in the night saying like Coglin sucks or something <laughs> like that. Which it was. It was a very Brandon moment. I'm not gonna lie because usually you're in that position. Um, but like yeah. it was after a shift where he just floated around in the offensive zone and got beat along the boards on a play that sh- he shouldn't have gotten beaten on. Beaten on. And <laughs> beaten. Then, Sorry, I I have a little <laughs> bit of a stuffy nose, so sometimes my my uh, words may come out a little wrong. It was a play he shouldn't have gotten beaten on, and yet there he is, just getting torched by and Nick then, Cousins. That was before. No, that was before the Nick Cousins. Oh, goal okay. When I said that, and his <laughs> yeah, you're right, next you're right. shift, he ices <laughs> the puck needlessly. The Canes get hemmed in, and then all of a sudden, boom, Nick Cousins scores because Dylan Coughlin leaves him wide open and then just kind of lazily like flails his stick at him. And the the Hurricanes always do this shit, man. They anytime their goalies have like an out-of-this-world performance, they always get shut out. They give their goalies <laughs> zero goal support. This goes back to Cam Ward. Like, all the way back to when Cam Ward was actually good and was standing on his head for, like, 70 games a year. Then you've got, you know, this year, it's just... The Canes have not had good goaltending in a lot of their games this year. Or they've gotten good goaltending, and then their goalies have just let in that one where you're like, what the hell were they doing? This was the first game where your goaltending legitimately could have stolen you that game, and you score zero goals. You have a couple of power plays in the third period with a chance to come back in the game, by the way. You had at least one or two power plays and did nothing with them. And again, you know, the power play has been producing at a decent clip this year. It's not great, but... It's, it's been trending the right direction. And yeah. I think they had some good chances tonight. I don't think it was terrible. It just didn't finish. But you need your power play to be better. And the power play right now, the Canes as a whole do not have the clutch gene right now. The, they can They don't show up in the clutch situations. They don't. Or the situations where the, the team needs a goal. Like, in the Calgary game, that four-minute power play they had in the third period doesn't show up. I think they had another power play in overtime, doesn't show up. They had a power play in overtime against the Capitals, a game they still won, but it went to the shootout. 
you have to figure out how to win these games and you have to figure out how to take advantage of good goaltending. And the Canes just have not done that this year. Their shooting percentages suck. You're really only getting consistent offense from Svech and Natchez and Aho as well. That is three players. That 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 is a one line team. You're turning into the Boston Bruins. All right, hold on a second because there's actually a bunch of places that I want to actually expand a little bit further into that you've already mentioned, including the offense and including the goaltending. But I do want to first say I don't think the Panthers are that good this year to start with. No, they're they're, they're they're not. And without Matthew Kachuk tonight, this was a Panthers team that you should have beaten. And Ekblad. Like, and Ekblad. That defense God. is atrocious. Seriously. And and you just like – so that's one thing. You know, you lay an egg. Okay, it happens. Even though you just laid one against Toronto two, two bad games in a row, it happens. But, like, the way it's happening and, and the lack of effort and the so many guys up front that aren't producing, it's alarming. Now, I do – you know, on the positive side, anti-Ranta, fantastic tonight. I'll be really interested to see if Coach Ekov gets the nod tomorrow. I'm guessing after such a heavy lo- workload for Ranta tonight, you can't go back to him. I wouldn't anyway. I which do think it's pres- Which means you're throwing Piotr in to the Wolves against <laughs> fucking Drysidle and McDavid. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that so just sounds be, awful. But I think, you know, he stepped up big time against the Rangers late last season. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. I don't expect him to go out and steal a game and have a fantastic one. I do expect a better effort from the Hurricanes, so hopefully they can still come out with the win. But I, I, it does present an interesting dynamic to me because Freddie Anderson has not been good this year. What if Piotr does have a good game? What if he has a couple good games and Ranta keeps playing? Uh, it'll be interesting to watch. I don't think anything would happen even if, you know, those situations unfold. I think once Anderson comes back, surely, especially because he's on an emergency basis, they got to send him back anyway. But it'll be interesting to see. You know, it, it could at least plant a seed of doubt if Anderson continues to struggle later in the season, if nothing else. I I, I don't think there's a goalie. There's going to be a goalie controversy because no, I, I'm not saying there is. I'm just saying it might plant the idea. See, I don't even think Anderson has been awful. I think he's made some lapses. It's just the defense in front of him gives him nothing. Nothing. I've tried really hard to defend Burns this year, but when he can't defend simple plays, then I get concerned, you know? He had one play on the power play late in the game where he, like, turned his back to it and Barkov almost, like, walked in for a breakaway because the puck took a kind of bad bounce. And I was just like, bro, you just well, – you can't turn your back on the play and, like that and anticipate the puck's going to be behind you. Like, it was just weird. I'm like – And he's not Some of the stuff quick. he does, it's just – He's it's not just that not... quick. And yeah. you can get past him. And so some of that – a lot of people blamed Anderson for the, the Nylander goal in the Toronto game. But, like, that, yes, that's a goal that he probably wants back. But also, Jacob Slavin, and this is the thing that has frustrated me with Slavin, really, since he broke into the league, is he refuses to play the body one-on-one. He relies way too heavily on his stick. All he had to do was shove Nylander off the puck. Or at least be physical with him. Lean on him a little. And instead of doing that, Slavin just swats at the puck and lets a tired William Nylander score. 
And then he was like, after the game, oh, I thought it was kicked in, whatever, you know, like, dude, just defend with the body. I get even that if it that's was not... kicked. I did. I don't think I. Don't, I didn't see it, so I don't know if it was kicked or not. But I don't. Even I like... don't think. Well, it wasn't ruled a kick, so clearly, you know, it doesn't matter what we think. It was a good goal. Yeah, that can't happen. Like you yeah. had position on him. You're the last line of defense, right in front of your goaltender. You He's have to be tired. Sure you have to be sure there. Yeah, it's it, it, and so like those are the types of moments. Dylan Coglin tonight leaving a man wide open in front. Like where the Hurricanes defense doesn't give their goalies support at times. And yes, they they the goalies save percentages have been low, but the shots against have been pretty low. And the ones that the, the goals that these teams are scoring are high high and medium danger chances. They're not scoring on the low danger shots, you know? It's it's the high and medium danger chances that are killing the hurricanes right now. And that's that's a major concern for me. Let's pivot a little bit here because I, I think this is going to take up a somewhat significant chunk of our conversation here. And, and you've already touched on it a little bit, but, you know, it's been kind of a hanging theme that I've like not really wanted to overreact to because it's so early in the season. The Hurricanes, are, they're still 8-4-1, you know, they're not, they haven't been getting terrible results, but at the same time, I don't know that they've beaten a good team yet. Tampa Bay, they beat Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's not off to that great of a start either, though. They're, like, breaking in a lot of new faces, and the Hur- they just didn't play well that night. Like, let's be real. The Hurricanes put 50 shots up. They played well that game. But Tampa was not at their best in that game. Right. And they beat Washington in a shootout, too. But that was another hurt Washington team that was missing a lot of bodies. And Washington <laughs> as a whole is not very good this year, too. Yeah, I don't think they're that great either. So here's my semi-concern that I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on moving forward. I mean, you think about it. This team lost, you don't need a rider. They lost Vincent Trocek. They lost two 20-goal scorers off a team that their offense is a big reason they got eliminated last in the playoffs last year. Like, honestly, not being able to score on Igor Shesterkin, which, I mean, a lot of teams can't score on Shesterkin, but if you want to be a championship-caliber team, you got to be able to score on anybody. Correct. They lost those guys. They added Kasha and Pacioretty. Cool. Good moves. Those moves have not played out well for them. <laughs> like Kasha is going to be a huge question mark for the rest of the season. I don't, I'm not sure he plays another game this season or it's, it's not outside the realm of possibility in his career. Let's be real. All yeah, the concussions I... he's had. And then Pacioretty, obviously the torn Achilles. So that hasn't gone well. And then What's really compounding the issue right now is the fact that Terravine and Jarvis, all these guys, are really struggling to make an impact. And I think that's going to change at some point. You know, Terravine and Jarvis, like, at some point those guys are going to break out. But maybe in Jarvis's case, it might be a sophomore slump situation. He might not have a good year. You can't rely on him to be a top six player at age 20. As good as he was as a rookie, as good as he was in the playoffs last year, it's not a foregone conclusion that he's a big producer for the Hurricanes this season, and they're kind of relying on him to be. So what I'm long-windedly getting into here, what do you think the Hurricanes do at forward here? Because I'm not sure. You know, We've talked about it. The Hurricanes' window is now. They need to make a push this season and next season. Have to. In order to keep some of their guys around, they're going to be up for new contracts. So I, I'm – 
I think they need to be looking at what kind of options they may have to improve this team already. I know it's early, but I think it at least needs to be a thought process that they're starting to, well, process. So, I don't think they need to make a move forward. I don't think they need to do right I, now, I think, but like once guys like Terrabon and Jarvis do get going, if they do get going, I think they need to really take inventory and see if it's enough. I think they needed to break up the Aho and Jarvis line, the Aho Terravine and Jarvis line. Yeah. And they did tonight. Didn't really work, but as a whole, the team was not very good tonight. So I'm not putting too much stock into that yet. Um, right. I think on its surface, this team is underperforming right now, just as a whole. I think, you know, Stahlfoss and Martinuk were playing really well up until really this past game. You've been getting consistent power. Uh, hell, Stefan Nason might have the most power play points on the team. <laughs> He's been I, good, I, man. I, he was good again tonight. He just couldn't get it to go. Yeah, the, the whole fourth line was with Stepan yeah. and Drury. And I think, yeah. you know, Paul Stasny has not been very good this year. And I, I wouldn't say he's been bad, but I just don't think he's been great. I think he's just kind of been there. And when you added him, you're adding a veteran that you're expecting to produce. And he just hasn't. Uh Kokaniemi again, I, I hate to harp on the guy, but he cannot score on a soccer net. And <laughs> I just right now he, he's just not doing anything offensively. And that's a big concern for me because like he's still very young, but you're paying him a lot of money to figure it out. Like the these next couple of seasons are going to be Kokaniemi figuring things out and developing. So you're taking, say, if it is a couple of years, like two years, that's a fourth of his contract where he's spent figuring the game out. And by then, the Canes window might not be as open as it is right now. You know, it was always reasonable to expect Natchez and Svech to regress a little bit. Yeah, I didn't think Natchez was going to score 120 points this season. <laughs> and I mean, you know, I, I still don't even think they've been bad. You know, tonight Natchez had a couple scoring chances. Um, Natchez was better than Svetch. Svetch didn't play well tonight. Svetch was not, has not been good the past two games, and the Canes have also not been good. I think there's a bit of a correlation to that. You know, when Svetch is on his game, the Canes are typically on their game as well. He really is like an on ice spark and leader because he's such like such an energy guy, is like a power forward that can create yeah. so much and does so many things. So and yes, when he's, there's definitely when he's a not doing that. You know, it's it's reliant on the stall line and the fourth line to do that, and they're not as dynamic. Well, you can't rely on them to really produce like that much yeah. more than like as a complementary piece that like between the two lines may be good for a goal maybe two every once in a while. Yeah, like, and I think, you know, with adding Jack Drury to the lineup, I mean, he missed that wide-open net tonight, and that, that hurt me physically, uh, seeing that. But I think, 
you know. But that's how he is, though. You notice how he's always in position to do things like that because he pays the price and gets to the dirty areas. Yeah, that 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 whole line is just going to crash the net, and it's just going to be the defenseman firing pucks on net. <laughs> it's they're fine, but like right now, you're just not getting any contributions, and I think. You know, you typically hear of regression back to the mean. I think you're actually going to see the team positive regression. Yeah, like they're gonna they're gonna slowly climb up the charts because Teravinen's not going to be this bad the whole year long. I, I I'm fairly confident when I say that Jarvis won't be either. I I have faith in Kokeniemi to bounce back. I really do, but. He just needs to show us something, and yeah. Man, so so I'm at the beach right now, okay? Yeah. And maybe that's part of the reason the Hurricanes played so bad. Every time I come down here and see my dad, it's, you know, we watch the games together, and it seems like every time they play like shit, and it's very annoying. <laughs> my dad, not a fan of Kokanami. <laughs> like, he, he's just not. And we were watching the game tonight, and I can't, I'm can't. i not going to repeat some of the things he said, but I mean, it's like there Again, was one like time – He's an East THL player when he's not on his he's, game, and that is he's, bad. He's bad. When when he's not good, he is not good. Yeah. And tonight he had one play, I think it might have led to one of the one of the Panthers' goals where he got right inside the blue line and then like just threw it blindly, diagonally across the blue line behind the winger on the other side. I the I play mean, little plays like that, me. just boneheaded and like mind numbing. It's like what what do you, I think Trippi even said it on the broadcast. You got to get that deep. Yeah, you got to do something different than literally just lateraling it and giving them a chance to attack up ice on the counter. Like it's, oh god. But there was just, so much of that tonight from the Canes and like again passengers. Yeah, I for me, I'm looking at the Hurricanes third pairing right now and wondering, hmm, is this really? a good third pairing. Yeah. And, and so, and just one last thought, I, I, I do think for the most part on the offense, I do agree with you. Terrabine is going to be better. I think even if Jarvis doesn't have like a great 50, 60 point season, I think he is going to be better than he is right now, but just going to say if Max Pacioretty is not Max Pacioretty after coming back from an Achilles injury, which again is totally plausible. I think the hurricanes are going to be in a really bad spot when the playoffs come around. All I'm going to say, if they, don't they have else. the cap space now after right. moving there to add something at the deadline. But the question with every deadline acquisition is, A, how quickly can they adjust to the Hurricanes? And B, are they actually going to make an impact? Usually free right. or uh, trade deadline acquisitions don't make that much of an impact. We're looking Especially at for a team. Well, but I mean, at the same time, you've got guys like Andrew Kopp and uh, who else was it for the Rangers last year that came in? Frank and was Frank Vitrano, those Justin guys are Braun really was good. For them, yeah. Right. Like, you know, you just got to be savvy with it. But to your point, like the Hurricanes do play such a different system from most NHL teams that it's not an easy in-season transition when there's not as much practice time. You can't just like expect to jump in and immediately have it, you know? So yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting talking point to watch moving forward. And to go to your next point about the third pair – Cockrum might not be it, man. I really wanted him to be because of that shot and the offensive, you know, potential he has. But yeah, that skating ooh, is a problem. And that the def- and 
he's not good you. enough defensively to make up for his poor skating. Yeah. Uh, like, he's not smart enough in his own end, just from the bits that I've seen. Uh, I really want to see the Hurricanes. I mean, the issue is you've got seven defensemen on the roster right now, right? Yeah. Calvin Hahn and Jalen Chatfield have been a good pairing, if not great. Although Chatfield, I think, has been pretty bad as of late as well. Uh, he's he's fallen off a bit. And tonight, I, I put no stock into how he played because it's just when he's with Dylan Coglin, Coglin has so many of those lapses and gets beat so often where Chatfield has to be more of a loose cannon, and I can't stand it. Uh, but you're looking at that third pairing, and you're like, if you're me, I'm thinking you might need to add a defenseman to this, and you may need to add either a a stable defensive presence for that third pair, and maybe you move out one of Chatfield or Coglin in the process, or b you look to add a power play quarterback because it's clear that Brett Pesci is not a power play quarterback and Dylan Coglin's not great either. Yeah. Um, I like DeHaan a lot. I've always liked DeHaan. He's a really like good, savvy, shot-blocking, defensively sound, third-pairing defenseman. But him and Chatfield almost to a degree are a little bit redundant in that fact because Chatfield is as active as he is and like he does jump up in the play every once in a while. But it's not like he's that impactful when it happens, you know? So No, he, he can't really shoot and his playmaking isn't the best. He's He's a purely defensive defenseman. And, you know, he can play with pace, right? But at the same time, he just doesn't do anything offensively. And that's fine. He doesn't have to. That's not his role. But you have to look at it and say, well, what do we need to add the most? And right now I'm looking at Dylan Coglin and I'm going, I don't know. Yeah. The one uh, thing I want to say, we, we've kind of talked for a little longer than we want to. And this has been a concern of, mine since we first since the hurricanes lost a couple of games early on and i want to bring it up let me look at the hurricanes schedule and what they've done so far this season so so far this year their wins have come against the blue jackets who i believe are last in the nhl right now if not close to it the sharks the kraken They've beaten the Canucks, Sabres. the Flyers, the Capitals, and the, the Lightning, and the Sabres. Out of those eight wins, I would say one of them has been against a legitimate playoff team. And two of them have been against decent hockey teams in the Sabres and Capitals. And the Lightning... Uh, even that win is kind of tainted because they didn't have Victor Hedman that night. Yep. But look at the losses that the Hurricanes have suffered this season. They've lost to the Oilers, the Flames, the Islanders, the Maple Leafs, and now the Panthers. All of those are good teams and likely playoff teams. I'm not sure the Hurricanes have even like really looked good in any of those games. Like they play a good team and it looks they, they, they look kind of falls look, apart. The Flames game was ugly, but the Flames also played an ugly game. So I think that's just kind of how it's going to be this year. The Oilers game was ugly, though. The Islanders game, the, um, 
the th- past three Hurricanes losses, in my opinion, have been just awful games. The Islanders yeah. game, the Maple Leafs, and the Panthers have just been horrible. At least the Maple Leafs game, at the beginning of the game, they actually looked really good the first, like, probably yeah. half of that game. And it was the end of the three of a three and four. So that game, I'm willing to largely give them some, you know, give them some leeway. <laughs> I, I said at the time, like, it was a stinker. Wasn't the first and won't be the last, right? Like, Sure, but the the point I'm trying to make is the Hurricanes have exclusively struggled against good teams this year. And the fact that they haven't beaten many good teams is a concern. Yeah. You want to be able to be one of the premier teams in the league. You want to beat the good teams. And right now the Hurricanes, even the good teams that they've beaten and the Capitals and the Lightning have been missing players. And for the Capitals case, like half their roster. Right. So first pair TVR. <laughs> right. So that's my and and it in in both of those games it took a shootout. So yeah. that's my concern is that the Hurricanes as a whole are really struggling against the good teams this year. And that's gonna need to change because when you get to the playoffs, then they're all good teams. There are no bad teams that make the playoffs. You were talking the other day about how they, uh, you know, haven't lost any games to teams they shouldn't, and and I agree with that. And that's great. Some degree, but I would rather them lose the occasional game to a bad team than like never beat a good team. That's for damn sure. Because right now, yeah. you can't say. And and this is not an alarming thing that twelve, thirteen games into the season, this is the case. But right now, the Hurricanes aren't an elite team. They're not like one of the teams you're looking at. Like, oh, that's a Stanley Cup contender. They're just not. And, and I mean, with with Pacioretty coming back, they might be. Maybe it's possible. Yeah. Sure, but again, you're also banking on a what thirty four year old coming off an Achilles tear. That's risky. <laughs> like, let's be real. There's again, we're making it sound more doom and gloom than it is, but uh, you know, after this game, it's just it's hard it's to be positive pro- after that. It's hard to be positive, and it's also appropriate to point out the flaws in this team and be like, no, you know what? Yes, it's November, but there are still some concerns that we have about this team that will affect them moving forward if they are not remedied. Right. And I think doing it in a way where we do it like this as opposed to, well, it's time to, you know, tank for Bedard, yada, whatever, (laughs) stupid bullshit. Like, I'm sure Kane's Twitter tonight, some people were like that. But, like, I'm going to be honest. I'm not really paying attention to Kane's Twitter anymore. And it's great. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Would recommend. Like, I'm I'm sorry. That's going to sound really awful. And, you know, Kane's Twitter will always have a special place in my heart. But I can't do it anymore, guys. <laughs> I'm out. I'll do the podcast, but... I said last night on Twitter circles, I said, I'm limiting my Canes tweets to the prospects account specifically. There won't be any more or hardly any on my personal. Sad to see you go, buddy. All right. <laughs> eh, I'm not sad to see myself go. It was, it was, it was time. The, well, and again, the prospects account's still there. It's, I'm still going to be tweeting from there for now. It's like, you know, it, it it's getting to the point where scouting means more to me and that's you know just the reality of the situation 
All right, guys, before we wrap things up, Tracking the Storm is a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network, so we're going to take just a quick minute and get a word from our friends over at DraftKings. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win, and they will get $200 in free bets if they do. Check us out right now. Everybody can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. You go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and can buy multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. You gotta love Sundays this time of year, man. Just sit back with your NFL red zone, watch football all day long. Uh, really fun matchups this weekend, too. You get the 7-1 and Vikings taking on the Buffalo Bills. How about the LA Chargers and San Francisco 49ers? That's another really fun one. Or how about the Dallas Cowboys going to take on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, who are surprisingly struggling? Why not add a little money to your Sunday, man? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and you can be a winner for free, man. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when I bet on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet to win $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Again, that's code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes wherever you get our podcast for important details. And we're back. And we're back. Thank you, DraftKings, for giving us money. Yeah, somebody's got somebody's got to pay us for this time. Right, I know, you know. Venmo in our podcast description. Right, and on the <laughs> Prospects account. <laughs> Fuck off, man. You don't share that with me. Hey. <laughs> I share all this with you. That's true. We have not gotten a single tip this yet. We don't expect one, but don't like... fucking say that. You should make them think we have gotten tips. Thank you so much to everybody that's tipped us. Yeah, all don't zero. You get, don't you want to get? <laughs> don't you want to get in on that action like everybody else? <laughs> right. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Remember, it's not peer pressure unless you do it. Yeah, well, I'm having more car issues with the car I literally just bought, so, you know, your money so, <laughs> be appreciated. Anyway. <clears throat> Brandon, I'm going to be honest. I don't really, I'm, I'm kind of tapped out for content this week. Do you want me to talk about prospects? I don't care. <laughs> I was going to say Tuka Tiaxla with another just chef's kiss assist today. Um, The Wolves won against Milwaukee today. It was kind of an ugly game. But Zach Salchenko had a really good game. Uh, made just a bunch of phenomenal stops. Uh, Tuka Tiexla had a great pass uh, to Vasily Ponomarev. Both of those players came back from injury today. Malti Stromwall had a goal, also came back from injury. Noel Gundler also came back from injury today. Uh, scored a goal. And yeah, they, they all scored goals. And it's really funny. So they got Tiexla... Gunler, Panamarov, and Stromwall back today. Um, and I think maybe one other player I can't think of. Uh, but they still had 10 players out with injuries, and two players <laughs> had been called up to the NHL in Kochetkov and Drury, obviously. I am. So that Wolves team was missing 12 players. So got to win. Their, their entire fourth line was from the ECHL. Uh, and actually, it was kind of cool. I think uh, Oliver Cooper, I think is his name, legitimately played a really good game and scored uh, his like, first career AHL goal. Him and Blake Murray both. Things off. 
Blake Murray had a three-point game in addition to scoring his first AHL goal. I think Murray is going to benefit from playing on a team that doesn't suck as bad as the Admirals do. <laughs> Brandon, can I tell you like how bad the Norfolk Admirals are? Sure. We got to kill some time somehow. Yeah, let me just... So I'm looking at their schedule and results. First game of the season, 5-2 to two loss. 8-1 to one loss. 3-2 to two loss. They won 3-1. to one. Six to one loss, five to three loss, four to two loss, five to two loss, and then a five to three loss yesterday. They have won one game this year. Man, do they have a goalie? They, uh, they, it is not their goaltender. That's the problem. That's a lot of crooked numbers. Tomas Vomaka is a decent goalie. They just have no defense. And it was so bad. So, Nashville loaned Luke Prokop to the ECHL to start the year. They sent him to the WHL because they were like, no, playing for a contender in the WHL is better than playing for Norfolk in the ECHL, playing against men. Like, the Admirals suck. (laughs) And even with Blake Murray, it's just they can't score. They can't defend. Their goaltending has been an issue. It's just been a mess. And, like, I'm glad that Murray's back. As for the rest of the prospects, Justin Robita, I think, has 25 points now this season. He's been real good to start the year. He has. And it's so, you know, it's so funny. Uh, The next Highest scoring Kane's prospect is Nikishin with 22 points. <laughs> we talked about him at length last week. Yeah, I could talk about him at length every week. Uh, Massimo Rizzo has 17 points in 10 games to start the year. That's really good in college. Yeah, he's he's going to be good. And it would not surprise me if, he, if the Hurricanes tried to sign him. Uh... And you may think it's early, but he's he turns 22 in June. Right. I knew he was uh, a year late getting to college. Yeah. So uh, he played for uh, actually for the Coquitlam Express, funny enough, in his draft year. Didn't play during the 2020-21 season uh, after changing his commitment from North Dakota to Denver. And had 36 points in 39 games last year and won a national championship. And now has 17 in 10 to start the year. Not too shabby. This past weekend, he had three points in two games. So Rizzo's going to be good. Cool. Folks, I think I think we're about done for this week. You know, it's been it was a tough game. We got Edmonton on Thursday. It'll be a fun game, if nothing else. Uh, yeah, this was just a tough. I, it, again, I said this at the outset of the podcast. It's like we it would have been real fun to talk about a game that the Hurricanes actually played well in and be able to immediately analyze it and get it out tomorrow. But like when they just lay a dud like that, we're just kind of left sitting here like, well. Uh, so oh, that's cool. 
We will be doing a live stream on Monday during the Canes versus Chicago Blackhawks game. Correct. That will be at 8.30 on the Hockey Podcast Network's official YouTube channel. Yeah, Post. you guys should go follow that. We're uh, we're actually going to start doing some video stuff here. We're, we're trying to yes. expand and look at doing a few different things. But um, since we don't have any followers on our YouTube channel that I literally made tonight... Um, we actually, we might've gotten a couple cause I did tweet it out earlier. I, th- I think a couple people did subscribe, but, um, we're going to be doing it from the THPN pot, or, uh, YouTube channel. So go look at that up, subscribe to it. We will be doing the game from there on eight 30. Come hang out with us. It's going to be a good time. I'm sure the hurricanes will play better than they did tonight. I hope so. Otherwise <laughs> it's just going to be us being depressed the whole time. And I may see how drunk I can get. <laughs> we I did tweet that out earlier. I was like, boy, am I glad we didn't go live tonight. I tweeted that from the podcast yeah, just a few minutes uh, ago. <laughs> if if you see me restocking the beer fridge this weekend, mind your business. No, you didn't. <laughs> right, right. But folks, I, I know we've it's been a bit of a negative episode, and I am kind of sorry for that, but this game just sucked, and that's really all I got on my mind right now. Anyways. It truly is a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes and Coquitlam Express fan.